Good to see everybody. Uh, today is a great day, and uh, Kara and I are very excited, and not just Kara and I, there are others in this church that can boast this as well, but today um, we've, we've brought in a gift um, to encourage and strengthen and sharpen and equip us for the work of the ministry, and that gift um, is actually uh, a couple that, that we have done life and ministry with uh, since 1998. Um, uh, Pastor Alan and Judy, they were our pastors for uh, just about a decade. Um, and when we planted Impact Rock Church, uh, we were sent out from uh, under their leadership in the church they led. And Al now serves on our board of advisors. Um, but, but more so than just having a wonderful relationship, which we do, um, which we love that. We love that we can take little staycations together and play fantasy football together and share life with one another and be vulnerable and transparent. Um, but we also love that that God um, God speaks to those people that we're in relationship with and just with impartations to strengthen this church body. And so that's what Al is here to do today. Um, they, uh, I know that Al, I, I want to say Al and Judy, but uh, I know for a fact that Al uh, led the School of Ministry at Christ for the Nations International in Texas. Um, and worship is, is Pastor Al's forte. Um, and we asked him to come in and just to, to teach us and stir us specifically in the area of worship um, and, and just equip us. So that's, that's what, uh, what Al is doing. So church, can we um, welcome Pastor Al? to come up here, and I know he'll call up Judy uh, as well, but uh, let's, let's welcome up Al. Don't kiss me. No, no, don't want to have that accidental, wait, no. Um, it is good to be here with all of you, and seriously, we love Mark and Kara. They're very special and dear to our hearts. They're good friends, and um, very proud of the work they're doing, and uh so, um, Judy and I lead a ministry called Worship Mission, and our goal is to help churches and internationally train pastors and worship leaders about how to host the presence of God. I believe it's important for us to know that God is supernatural. He's not just some ordinary, natural thing. We don't just read this book for its history. We read this book because it's powerful and it presents a Jesus that is powerful, that is real. He is real. And so I want people to understand how to touch him, how to experience him, how to know him and the power of everything that he presents and gives. So if I scare you today, I won't apologize. Mark, we'll pastor you through it. I got ready to get out the door, and I'm putting on my jacket. And I'm putting on my jacket for a little bit of a reason, because I put on my Denver Bronco jacket, because I'm coming to Mark Carper's church. <laughs> and my wife looked at me and said, you're not wearing any sports jacket." Oh, man. She says, you're wearing nice shoes. You can't wear a sports jacket. I go, well, I'll go change my shoes. 
Anyway, I, Judy, would you come up? I would like you, my wife, Judy. She has been my bride for 42 plus years. And it is my duty. So, would you like to share something? Yes, I would. I, I have something. I, I'm super excited to be here today. We love coming to your church, and we love the opportunity to minister. It's really awesome. We also, I ditto what Al said. Mark and Kara are very special to us. And I was thinking about it during worship. I was thinking about, you know what? And especially when you guys called all the kids up and were praying over them, I was like, these two people helped grow up our kids. Yep, they did. And, and that was not an easy task. <laughs> and we've got some pretty awesome kids who have some wonderful character built into their life. And thank God, in the church, we don't have to do that all alone. None of us. You have people in your church that are building character in your kids. Just by coming here, just by being here, just by getting them involved. And that wasn't what I was going to say. But just real quick, during worship, every time I'm in worship with the body, with the bride, I, I've developed a practice because I was instructed to by the Holy Spirit to ask Jesus to show me what he's doing right now and then to ask him show me what the father's heart is over that and y'all I shake when I feel the Holy Spirit I'm not nervous I'm just <laughs> shaky because I I saw this so clearly and I would like Mark and Kara to come stand right here please and just face your congregation. I saw Jesus so clearly standing at a gas pump, gasoline pump, and he had the thing in his hand. And he pointed to these two and said, their tank is low, and he wants to fill it up. You guys... I know you love them so much, and I know they're special to you, but unless you have walked in their shoes, and Al and I have for many, many years, we've walked in the pastoral shoes, it's exhausting. It's thrilling. It's a roller coaster. It is poverty-stricken <laughs> in a lot of ways because... You prioritize the ministry. You prioritize the ministry. It's difficult on relationships. It's difficult on your friendships. It's difficult on your marriage. It's difficult on your children when you're walking in pastoral shoes. And I heard the Lord say, their tank is low. And then I saw him connect the gas pump into their empty tank and start to fill it up. And then I saw him motion one by one to each one of you and hand you that gas tank. And he said, you fill him up. 
you fill them up. You fill them up. You guys, when the Lord gives you an instruction like that, take it to him and say, what does that look like for me to fill up my pastors? What, what part do I play? It doesn't mean you're solely responsible to fill their entire tank. But it does mean that as a church body, as a leadership, as the youth in this church, as the helpers in this church, as just people who attend here, you're part of something that is very special. You're part of the bride. And he's handing you that gas pump and saying, fill them up. Come on. And you know one reason why he does that? Because the joy of doing that is so great. The joy, have you ever poured out into somebody who was dry, who was just thirsty, and you just pour out on them, and you walk away? How do you feel afterwards? It is such a huge reward. So I'm just, I'm just, is it okay if I just take a moment and you guys, whoever wants to come up in the next two minutes, we're going to do two minutes because gas tanks don't take that long to fill up. Okay? Two minutes, you can come and lay hands on your pastors and bless them. And it's okay. Come on up. I just want to say that I've had this philosophy in life and in ministry. You only have to give what God gives you to give. So ask him. Now, this moment right now isn't going to be the only time. But we're going to pray. I want you to stretch your hands this way. And we're going to pray over them and pray a filling. Father, we just thank you for filling their tank. And Lord, for these people that are going to minister and pray and Lord, do many things according to your instruction on how to fill their tank. Lord, renew their strength like the eagles. Let them mount up on wings as eagles. Let them run and not be weary. Let them walk and not faint. Lord, I pray that you will keep them and fill them full to overflowing. Make your life real in their hearts. Make it real. Lord, what you've done before, you can do again. And Lord, you will not fail. You will not fail. We thank you, Father, for this couple. We thank you for their lives, for their ministry. And, Lord, we thank you that you're going to use them like never before. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Now, this right here is a stand. I used to have a wood one that was pretty heavy, but it wasn't this heavy. So kudos to whatever person. Huh? Bulletproof. All right. Um, obviously, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about worship. Um, so how many of you remember those days before how many remember the bc days maybe you were in, maybe some of you were raised in church all your life i see one right there that i i kind of helped raise that one miss faith so i helped raise her 
And I kind of helped raise them. Uh, but do you remember, some of you were raised in church, but some of you weren't. Do you remember those days? Can I just get hands of BC, you were BC days. You had the BC days. What, do you remember some of the thoughts you had about church people? BC days, huh? You know, like, all that church wants is money. You ever heard things like that? Or thought things like that? Huh? Or... It, it might not be B.C. days. It might be pre-experiencing God days where you go, why does that worship team sing so long? You ever thought that? You know, those songs, I just don't, I mean, really, I don't like that kind of music. Kids have never said, you young people never said that. Or, you have these thoughts about worship, but many of you have grown. Good job today. I just got to tell you, I got to say, your worship team, your worship leader here, and your name, Marie, thank you. Mark had, I kind of just, when he asked me to come, I just kind of didn't even quite get it when he said, I want you to lead worship and well, I thought he meant some worship. I didn't mean start in the beginning and do the whole thing. And I'm like, I, I told him last Sunday, I go, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I can do that. I don't even know your church. I don't know. What, I, uh, there's all kinds of reasons. We're not going to go into them. But last minute, she got it together because they weren't planning to do it this morning. Did a great job. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Kudos. But these people... Have you ever thought about the gathering, why you come here, why we gather, why it's important to be here together face-to-face? -face? It's not just community. Because the number one reason is not about me and not about you. The number one reason is about him. And he likes his people to get together. He likes his kids together. I'm a grandparent now. I have... My oldest grandson is 17 years old. Help us, Lord. He's driving. But I like it when we're all together. And he likes it too. The thing is, we're called to worship him. Now, this is basically when we had the Reformation and everything. This is called a worship service. But those are two different words that mean two, two different things. So who's doing the worship and who's doing the serving? Oh, we come there to serve each other. Well, actually, not really. They're two Greek words. And I'll get into that later, I'll tell you. Two Greek words, but you know who's doing the serving? The people who make this happen. This worship team was serving you. So we could worship God. This is about worship. You're served by the leaders so you can worship together. That's why it's a worship service. Given to you, given to the body so we can be together. He likes it. And you know what? 
when we take all that time, sometimes they're taking that time to say, we're giving you more time to enter in. I mean, if we hang out just one more minute, maybe they'll enter in. They're waiting. Because God wants us to come into His presence. And there is a pattern. I don't know what happened this morning before you came here, but whatever it was, I'm sure it wasn't just, it might have been wonderful, but sometimes it's chaotic. If you have kids, it's chaotic. The kids don't want to get up and get going on a Sunday morning. So that's why we start with, we enter his gates. Let's bring up that passage. Would you bring up that passage? Psalm 100. So we're going to read this passage, Psalm 100. And this is it, my text. I just want to go there. So we enter his, oh, you went to the whole thing. Let me go there. I got to get there. I didn't put it in my notes, so I just have it. So Psalm 100, if you would go there in your Bibles, even if it's this, because I want you to mark it. I want you to look at it. Psalm 100. That's easy to remember, is it not? Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Now, did he say some of you lands or all? So does that mean the people that are, man, I'm going to get preaching here and I need to. No, everybody, serve the Lord with gladness. There's that serve word. But come before his presence with singing. Why do we sing? Because he said to do it. Because it brings us together with one voice. It gives us expression. It gives us one thing where we can unify ourselves together in an expression to God. And I do think our songs need to be more to Him and not just about Him. And I think it needs to be more about Him and not less about us. Proclamation's great. We did some proclamation today. But it needs to be about Him. And He says, Know that the Lord... He is God. Who gets the attention? He does. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So we're His. Say, I'm His. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. So, I'm coming in the presence of God. It tells me how. I don't just jump into the presence of... I, don't get me messed up about... Don't, don't tell me about, oh, I could just be in the presence of God all the time. Well, actually, you're not in the manifest presence of God all the time. I promise you, you're not, in, you're not walking in that manifest presence all the time. But we enter in with what? Thanksgiving, we start getting thankful. Because when you start being thankful, and being thankful is giving credit to whom credit is due, giving credit to God for what He has done. And you start counting your blessings. You start getting thankful. You start thinking about what He has done for you. And you know what you're doing? You're getting a mind 
you're getting your mind and your thinking off of you and all your stuff and putting it on him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And then you what? Enter his courts with praise. It's a journey somewhere. We're going somewhere. Where are we going? We're just in his courts. We're not in that place of his presence yet. Praise. And a lot of people, a lot of churches, they do Thanksgiving and then they might get some praise in and then it's done. Right? There's no getting in his presence. They're just started. So we go into praise. And praise is acknowledging him for who he is, not what he's done. It's about giving him glory for who he is. I know who my God is. I know you are faithful, God. You did it before and you'll do it again. Thank you for being an example. Good job. I mean, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We take our mind off of ourselves. And then by the time we get here, we're saying, you're on the throne, I'm not. You are God and I'm not. You are the Lord, I'm not. You manage my life and you keep me. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter into his courts with praise. And then we're not done yet. That right then is where we lead into the presence of God. What do we do there? That's when we, after we've acknowledged he's Lord and we've taken all attention off us and we got it all on him and then it's, Surrender, communion, adoration. We start loving on him. He starts loving on us. And that's when we can allow the Spirit of God to start to move. But most people never get there. And you could be in a church that worships and not be a worshiper. Just because you come to church, does that make you a Christian? No, it doesn't. You can walk through these doors and not be a believer. The thing is, this is the gathering of the saints. It's not the gathering of the world. And it's got to be about him. And it's got to be about his worship. And all these questions that we have, we still have some of them today. I want us to get past that. We need to go to another level. We don't need to be satisfied with where we've been with the Lord. We need a church gathering that has a different experience than the one down the street. Let me put it this way. You need a church experience, an experience with Jesus that was different than last week. We're going to talk about breaking your jars. I don't know, I thought about bringing a jar to break. But I thought it would just be too messy. <laughs> I could think about a clay jar, glass jar, but we're going to be looking at different jars. So we're going to enter his, we're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. We're going to be in his presence. We've done a lot of that this morning. But I can say this, I dare say not all of you got there. You need to start getting there. You know, the worship leader, boy, you could have just sang Mary Had a Little Lamb and I would get there. 
Because I know the way. Once you know the way, it doesn't matter what, how. It doesn't matter we have drums or not. It doesn't matter whether you have the whole team up here or not. It doesn't matter. You can get there. So, I'm going to read this passage to you from John. The 12th chapter. And I'm starting at verse 1. Now, we're not doing the whole chapter, but you'll know when I'm done, okay? Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. I'd love to stop here, but the story isn't stopped here. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. And he used it to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone, for she has kept this For the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always. But me you do not have always. It's interesting. This story. It's beautiful. Lazarus. Do you know. The word was out. It was just after this. The triumphal entry. And you know why? Because Jesus was the guy who raised him from the dead. It was a story. It was huge. Can you imagine being that guy? Lazarus, the guy, everybody wants to touch you. Everyone wants to see you. All the reporters want to interview you. They want to know everything about what happened to you when you were in that grave. Wouldn't you want to know that? I mean, can you imagine? He's a celebrity. But he hosts Jesus at his house. You know, you know that Lazarus and Mary and Martha, they were thankful. Man, they were thankful because their life was changed. And I know we're thankful because our life has been changed. We sing about it today. Thank you for just flowing in the spirit. Awesome. We sing about it today. But can you imagine the pandemonium on this day they're gathered together I imagine outside the house there were people everywhere this was a dynamic moment where Mary comes in the middle of all the pandemonium and every person was like I mean And she recognizes and makes clear who the real guest of honor is. 
is he takes this precious oil and it's in a container that's alabaster. This jar is an alabaster jar and this jar of ointment can only it doesn't have a it doesn't have a screw top. It doesn't have a pop top. It doesn't have a cork where you put back in it and hold it. It only way they can preserve this ointment and preserve the perfume is to totally seal it up. So when this is used, you have to break the jar and use all of it. All of it. None. None is reserved. In fact, it'll spoil later on. You use it all right then. She anoints Jesus' feet with it. And she takes her hair, wraps around his feet. And she's letting everyone know. What is she? She doesn't care about anybody else. And it's an awesome place of his presence. And when you're really engaged in that worship and really have come into that place, you don't care about anybody else. You just care about him. There are four characters here around Jesus. And these four characters represent something that will try to come against well, the three characters will represent something that will come against your worship. And they're not things that are people in the church. They're things that go on in your head. Things that go on in your heart. Things that you have to break through before you can break the jar. So we look at the first one. And the first one was Lazarus, right? Jesus said, blessed are the poor, for you will always have them. He should have said, blessed are the... No, he didn't say that. But the critical you always have with you. Right? There's always criticism. I guarantee you, if there's worship, there's going to be someone critical. Why are we caring about what someone else would say when we're talking about worshiping Jesus? I'm telling you, he wasn't the only one critical, but Judas was critical. And Judas was critical about this. One version says about Judas, he said, why this waste? And probably in someone's mind, maybe in your mind, you might have thought, well, this worship we do, why are we wasting our time doing all this? And you know why? You might have said that because you hadn't experienced it. You didn't know what it was all about. You didn't know how wonderful it was <laughs> to anoint the feet of Jesus. Well, maybe you've never done that yet, but I can tell you what, that can be changed real quick. We're not talking necessarily just about, we're not talking about just what you do on your own. We're talking about a congregation because this was public. This wasn't something done in private. In fact, it had been done in private. It might not have been appropriate. But this was in public. And we're so worried about public displays of worship. 
You never, you never thought that, oh, man, that, that person, they're just doing it to get attention. You ever thought that? Look at them. I'm very proud of my grandchildren and my grandson. Most of, a lot of you know Reese. He is not, he is so expressive in worship. I mean, and he's tall and he's lanky, but his arms and he's right on the front row. And you might be able to say, oh, he's just all about being seen. No, he's all about loving Jesus. This critical spirit that Judas had, it will steal worship. And you know where he steals it from? From you. From the criticizer. And if you allow that critical voice to come up, guess what? It's going to steal the very presence of God away from you. Lazarus was the one who stole from the treasury. Do we, want, do we really want the worship of Jesus stolen? Judas, sorry. Thank you. Judas was, do we want our worship stolen? Do we want it stolen in our body, in our church, in our gathering? Judas represents that critical spirit that we have to deal with. And sometimes it's criticizing of ourselves. I can see people trying to come in the presence of God. They come to church. They come in there and they start singing the songs. They go, and they, they start talking about, I love you, Lord. I worship you. And they go, I'm such a hypocrite. And they start criticizing their own life and criticizing their own self, thinking it was all about them. Mm. Let me tell you, it's about the work of Jesus. It isn't about you. And you're not a hypocrite if whatever you did yesterday and you stand in here today and you give him praise. In fact, it's that very anointing of his presence is what you need. Why this waste? What a terrible thing to say about loving Jesus. Why do we waste this time? Why do we give so much time to it? Cure for critical spirit? You want a cure? What's the cure? Thanksgiving. We start with Thanksgiving. It, it, it eliminates all that criticism. We just start thanking him. We thank him for what he did. We thank him for how he saved me. We thank him about love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. Woo! Come on. We will get rid of a critical spirit. If we will start being thankful. And just when you walk through these doors. Just say I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to start thanking God today. I'm going to thank him and give him credit. I'm here today because of him. It's not a waste. Worship is not a waste. Don't let the devil steal your worship. 
Jesus deserves it. He is worthy of it. How dare we think it's a waste? Then there's Lazarus. Now, Lazarus was a star at this point. I don't think he was trying to take any glory away from Jesus. I really don't. I think he, I think he was truly thankful. But we're going to use the verb that described him here. Lazarus was one of them that sat. Let's say the most important, I don't know who it would be to you, the most important person. The most important person walked in that door right there. Who would be, I don't know, you could say Jesus actually walked in the door. But will we know it? But whoever, somebody we recognize is very important and we revered. And it might be a different person for each one of us. But I knew it would be a raider for you. But you could say, you could say any star, any great person walk in the door and, we, and, and they walked in the door. Can you imagine that we would just all just come? That we would just sit there? I don't think so. I think we would clamor. I think we would stand up. I think we... By the way, did you know there are positions of worship described in the Bible? Not one of them is sitting. You can lay before the Lord. (laughs) But you don't sit in front of the king. You don't sit in front of his majesty. Had a good friend that would talk about this thing. This thing is not as sturdy as this thing. All right. But she was from New Zealand. Ah. Thank you. You are a thoughtful person like this guy. We had this wonderful friend that teaches on worship, and she's from New Zealand, and she was she could talk about worship, and she would talk about when the queen came to New Zealand. When the queen came. And she talked about she was short. She said, I couldn't see over the crowd. She said, I had to find somewhere where I could see the queen. I wanted to see the queen. She said, I found a dumpster and got on top of it so I could see the queen. That's how important it was. And when there's the king, the queen, the king of kings comes down and comes in the room, we're not going to sit. I'm not saying you can't worship sitting. You understand what I mean? I mean, maybe you can't stand. Maybe Maybe you can't stand for 30 minutes. It's okay. But inside, stand. Inside, do an expression of worship. And do an expression of worship that's outward. Worship isn't passive. Worship is active. And if you're going to give thanks, if you're going to give praise, it is expressed. Oh, I'm doing it inside. I used to have this joke with Judy especially when I was younger, um, we would go to, she likes funny comedies. She likes funny movies. 
and she likes to laugh. And I love to hear my wife laugh. I've always loved to hear her laugh. And I think it's joy to my heart. But there would be something funny. And she would be laughing and she looks at me and goes, why aren't you laughing? And I would say, I am on the inside. <laughs> Let me say, you just can't say, well, I worshipped on the inside. No. Because worship is a verb. To worship God is to give Him thanks. Is to give Him how do we do that? There's many ways. And when I'm out here today to talk about all the expressions of worship, but let's just say a few. If you've never raised your hands, maybe it's time you tried. Because I guarantee you, sometimes when I raise my hands, I declare I feel like God is touching mine. When we give an expression... Mark would have never married this gorgeous, wonderful, beautiful woman if he had not expressed how wonderful she was. If he had not told her how much he loved her. Because he definitely, I don't know if you deserve her, but you want her. And I'm sure he, he did a good talk. And you say, well, it's all about showing. Well, let me just tell you, it might be about showing and it is about showing, but that's after you've done the talk. If you don't do the talk, you don't get in. The showing means nothing. You win and woo the one you love. So we look at Lazarus and say, what is that, what is that enemy? The enemy of apathy. The enemy of sitting. The enemy of doing nothing because worship is an act. And if we're going to break the jar, we have to be willing to act. We have to be willing to do the things that are uncomfortable. We have to be willing to do something we've never done before. If you want a new experience with God, try something you've never done before. Try giving a shout. I was a very reserved, I'm, I'm really not an expressive, outward person. And I can remember one time, can I tell you an embarrassing story? Is that okay? Now, I promise God doesn't, just because you hear this story doesn't mean God's going to make you do this, okay? But I remember when I was in a place, we were in a place of his presence and worshiping, and I definitely heard the Lord say, Al, dance. But, no, 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 I don't dance. No, dance for me. And I was like, uh-uh, I don't dance. I was raised, listen, I was raised dancing was a sin, and you're going to hell if you danced. But it wasn't just that. It was the embarrassment factor. It was a thing of, uh-uh. Number one, I don't know how to dance. Number three, No. And he said, I said, dance. No, no, God. No, 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 no. And you know what? I felt like one of those, what kind of puppets they have with the strings, you know? What is, there's, a, there's a word. What? 
marionette. I felt like a marionette because it was like, I was like going nuts. But you know what happened? I, got, I broke through to a release of the Spirit of God and the presence of God. I had never because I, I did it. Do something you've never done before. Embarrass someone around you. Embarrass your wife. Embarrass somebody. Actually, it's not anything around you because when you get lost in that, you don't care about anyone around you. You say, well, I'm just not there yet. Help you break the jar. We're going to help you break the jar. So we go to the next person. That's enough on that. The next person is Martha. Now, who could find fault with a servant? She served. Martha is amazing. Pastors love Martha's. This lady over here was a Martha in our church for years and years and years. Her and her husband. Thank you. I love Martha's. And Martha's a great. But let me just tell you. Serving is not worship. I know you might think it is, but it's not. Well, I worship God through my serving. No. He marries a bride, not a servant. Are you there? Are you with me? Do you understand? There are two words here that are very similar in Hebrew, but they're different. Latreia is the word for serve. And it's the same word, and it's the meaning of those who were the priest when they would go in and do all the works of worship of the sacrifice, and they would do all the labor, and they would do all the stuff so that there would be worship to God. But it wasn't worship, it was serving. And there's different words. The same word, Latreia, is the word in Romans 12, 1. I pres present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And some translations are wrong. I'm sorry, they're wrong because they say this is true. One of them said this is true worship. No, it's not because it's not the same meaning. Because the Greek word for worship is proskuneo. And proskuneo means to kiss. I mean, literally, kiss towards. It's affectionate. It's, it's intimate. It's, it's like there's a connection that is not a servant connection. It's an intimate connection. And let me just say, when you come into the presence of God, the people who experience the presence of God and experience what Mary did and break their jars aren't serving. She didn't do it to serve him. She did it to love him. Well, I love somebody, so I serve them. 
husbands and wives, you good, you know good and well, if your mate just served you, you know that's not enough. Come on. Get real. It's not enough. It's not really to really love someone, to give yourself to someone, and give yourself to Jesus. So serving has to come after. In fact, the first altar in the Bible was all about this debate. Where was the first altar in the Bible? Anyone know? Anyone want to? It was Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. The first story. And we know that Abel's offering was received and Cain's was rejected. And it said, Cain, what, what did Abel bring? Do you remember what he brought? He brought a lamb. And sacrificed a lamb. There, there was the lamb of, of God. Right? He sacrificed a lamb. Meaning, the work, it's not my work. It's the blood of the lamb. But Cain brought his labor, his work. He labored in the field. And he brought his labor. And when we bring our own works... They don't measure up. When we think it's about our service will earn us this thing with God, it's not enough. It's got to be all about how we love him. Don't let your service keep you from worship. Don't let criticism keep you from worship. Don't let just apathy and doing nothing and thinking everything's just okay. I don't keep you from worship. Don't let even your service. Here's the thing. I don't let my service keep me from worship because out of the flow of knowing him and loving him, that's how I should serve him. Judy said something a while ago. Holy Spirit, I just want to know what the Father's up to. What are you up to? What is the Father's heart? Not, oh, I'm just going to do something. She didn't do this today and minister today out of that. She ministered out of knowing Jesus and what his heart was. So our service has to come about knowing him. We know the king before we represent the king. How can you represent him if you don't know him? So worship is first, serve is second. Worship the Lord your God with all your heart, and then you should only serve him. It's interesting, those two words, proskuneo, betraya, right there. It's in John 4. When we see this, when we see what is going on, sorry, it's Matthew 4. Just When we see this, let me just tell you, your heart, we're coming to the place of Mary where she comes and breaks the jar. What does she do? How do I break the jar? 
And what is the jar? What is that thing? And what am I doing when I break the jar? Well, first of all, it's an expression of love to him. It's something that's breaking, and it might mean breaking of your own self. These iPads just don't keep up. So the true worship, Mary breaks this alabaster jar. So true worship begins with what? Brokenness. We are broken. It's kind of like this. The jar is us. The jar is me. This, do you know how much this was worth? It was worth a year's wage. And it was a dowry. But do you remember anywhere in the story in all the book of John where Mary is, is engaged with someone? Do you, is she married? No. Is she engaged? Is he betrothed? No. This was meant because every bride had to bring forth a dowry to the table. Now, I know that seems opposite today because if you have a, if you have a daughter, you're going to pay a lot of money for a wedding. Right? Same way then. You had to pay for it. That wasn't cheap. And this, this little jar could have been sold and given away many, many times. But this was her wedding. This was for the man. For the one she was going to marry. And she poured it all out on Jesus. She sacrificed what? Her wedding day. For Jesus. costly I would say she broke it used all of it it was the second point extravagant <clears throat> when you break your jar it's not just going to be some ho-hum it's going to be extravagant now I know we have in this room extravagant football fans. I know of two. Maybe three because of myself. I know there's one there. And I know there's one there. And there's probably some of you. But I promise if any one of you are at a football game, whether you're a Raiders fan or whether you're a Broncos fan, well, if I'm at the Bronco game, I'm going to be screaming at the top of my lungs. I mean, if that defense is out on that field, I'm going to be as loud as I can be. I'm going to be cheering my team on, and you know what? I'm not embarrassed by it. Did you know I was living in Chicago during the Chicago Bulls' reign of fame with Michael Jordan? I got to watch him play live. I got to see playoff games at live. I got to see things that, now, do I follow basketball now? No. But, hey, I did then. 
And one day, the loudest thing in the old stadium, they said it went over 120 decibels in the beginning, before the game even started. It was so loud, and it would get totally black. They were the first to do this. Totally black. I don't know how they did it. You couldn't even see exit signs. The fire department had a cow, had to have a cow. It was totally dark, and then they would start, and now, your Chicago Bulls, and the noise would just be insane. It would be over 120 decibels, and then the noise would come, and they'd put the spotlight down and have that music play in, and then the Bulls would come out. But before this happened, I, the guy who got me tickets all the time, I said, just watch this. This is before it all happened. I said, in a moment, the gods are going to come on the floor. And they're going to be praised. And they're going to be worshipped. Just watch it. And he looked at me and he said, don't destroy my joy. <laughs> But it was like that. But yes, but then we say, oh, it's not my personality to worship. Oh, I, that's not, I'm a, I'm a quiet person. I'm not expressive. That's kind of a lie. Don't let that take your worship. Because true worship is extravagant. It's not just halfway. It's all the way. It's 100%. So worship requires us to give God our best extravagantly. It's not a waste. The third point we see here is true worship requires outward and open expression. Listen, she was, told, she was giving of her reputation. She was laying it all down when she took her hair and wiped his feet. It's total intimacy and openness. It's outwardly expressive. It's vulnerable. It's without any regard for reputation. I think we need to ask the question, how self-conscious am I? And is my self-consciousness keeping me from God-consciousness? Part of breaking the jar is breaking self. Breaking our self-conscious. We have in our minds something that's totally like, I can't do that. It may be laying down. I, I can tell you, it can be something that's very personal. To break your jar. It could be something having to do with forgiveness. It could be something having to do with, okay, God, I'll give that to you. I will lay that down. I won't let these things destroy and take my worship. I won't let them steal it from you. It's not stealing it from me. It's stealing it from him. These things that we allow to steal our worship. 
I have, I can remember being anointed for worship. It was a personal thing. And I can remember at, I was 15 years old. And I was laying in a heap on the floor. And I thought God was going to kill me. That's the experience I had. I want to tell you. Now, I know it sounds awful, but it was awesome. Our God is an awesome God. And I will never forget that experience. I will never forget that moment of just being so with him and his spirit being so on me. That doesn't have to be the last time. Maybe you've had an experience, but it's been a while. You need to press in. You need to enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. You need to come into his presence with singing. You need to have him so real that you're willing to break your jar. Now, I can't tell you what your jar is. But you know what happened when she broke the jar? You know what happened? Here's a, here's a conclusion. The fragrance changed the atmosphere. It changed how it smelled. It changed everything. The aroma filled the whole room. And guess what? When this one person worshipped, everyone smelled the smell. But only two people walked out of that house, walked out of that place smelling like Jesus. Jesus and Mary. And guess what? If you will break your jar, if you will come and worship and lay it all down for him, he will change the smell. Those, that stinking thinking, that stinking thing that's going on in your life, that thing that just sucks, that thing that just isn't right, all that stuff that just isn't going good, you want to change it? You need the aroma of his anointing. You need the aroma of his anointing. You need the experience of loving Jesus and seeing not just, hey, I'm not just going home different. I'm going home changed. I'm going home smelling different. Everything smells different. I mean, I have changed my life. But I didn't change it. He did because all I did was break my jar on Jesus' feet. And I loved him. And I experienced him. You need to change something in your life. Something needs to be changed. Something's not. Break your jar. Bring your, jar. bring your jar before his feet and break it. Worship him. We have to go beyond the serving. We have to go beyond the apathy. We have to go beyond the criticism. Break our jar. But we can change the atmosphere. We can change everything around us when we do it. Everybody's not going to be the same. But you know what? 
today, we're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving. And I want to start this by having you close your eyes right now. And I just want you to do this. You've got your jar in your hand. I want you to imagine whatever that is, how you see it. But I want you to start in one hand you're holding the jar and the other hand you're holding your thanks. And I just want you to begin to thank God. I want you to begin to thank God for something in your life, for what he's done in your life, for what he's doing in your life. For being faithful in your life. Begin to thank him. Begin to give him thanks for all he is doing. Begin to thank him for saving you. Redeeming you. Giving you life. Giving you hope. Offer up some thanks. I think you need to speak it out loud. Make it loud. Speak it out loud. Begin to thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for being faithful to me. Thank you, Lord, for your love for me. Thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed me and saved me. Thank you, Father, for your grace. I give thanks for you. For all that you've done. For all you are. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. I give you thanks, I give you thanks for you are good. Just tell him how good he is. You are good. You are faithful. You are faithful to me. You are faithful, you are faithful to me. You are good. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Sing with me. Oh, let us stand and worship. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory, yes, Lord. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Is he worthy today from you are all things? To you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. 
Yes, you, you are, are worthy, worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory. Oh, you are worthy, Jesus. Are you holding your jar? Are you holding your jar? We're coming in, for He is good and He is faithful. You are faithful, God. You do not fail. You are faithful, God. Oh, you will prevail. Oh, you are faithful, God. Oh, you are good. You are good. You are good. That's who you are. That's who you are. Yes, that's who you are. Raise your hands up. Let's worship. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. Yes, I am, Lord. I'm desperate, Lord. I'm desperate. Oh, I want you. I want to know you, Lord. I want to know you more. Jesus, show me what's in my jar. And do it out loud. There's something that happens psychologically to us and spiritually to us when we voice things out of our mouth outwardly and openly, and we're all doing it together. So everyone just hold your jar in front of you and ask Jesus, and then listen what he says to you. Let's do it together. We're going to say, Jesus, will you show me what's in my jar? 
that I'm supposed to break before you. Will you show me what's in my jar? Let's do it together. Jesus, show me what's in my jar. Jesus, show me. What is it that I've been holding on to that's so precious that it's taken me away from worshiping you? sounds like your own voice you're hearing but that thing he puts inside where you have a knowing that you know what's in my jar what's in my jar so we're desperate for you in every I'm going to lose myself in you. 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 I lose myself in you. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Sing, Jesus, I love you. I love you, oh yes, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I need you, yes, Jesus, I love you, 
song, I just want you to do something you've never done before in worship. Don't worry how different it is or crazy it is. It's maybe just you've never bowed. You've never got on your knees and just bowed to Him. And sometimes getting on your knees is different than bowing. But you're yielding yourself to Him. You're giving of yourself. If there's something you can do, an expression, it could be just you haven't told him out loud. I love you. Maybe it, it's just an expression of raising your hands. It could be clapping your hands. It could be just singing the song if you don't sing. It could be giving something. Giving something of yourself in consecration. something that you've held back something that you've held on to that just need to give him an expression of your love an expression of Lord I want to break through and experience with you I've never had I want to know you like I've never known you Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. song to him out of our hearts.
of the Lord in this room. You know he's here. Raise your hands to him. This is you. You feel it. Those of you who don't, look around. He's all over this room. He's all over this room. And the spirit of the Lord is here and he's changing the atmosphere. And the more of you that can sense him, if you can't right now, just say, Jesus, why can't I feel you? And he'll tell you why. And it probably has to do with what's in your jar. And it probably has to do with the fact that your jar is still in your hand. I don't know that for a fact. But go to the source. Jesus will tell you, just ask him, Jesus, what is hindering me? Look at all these people around the room that feel you. Why am I not feeling you? You're really here. He's really here. You can feel him. You can sense him you can touch him you can hear him you can smell him every one of your senses even scripture says we can taste and see that the Lord is good every one of your senses is impacted by the presence of the Lord and he promises every time we worship him and especially in this extravagant love of breaking our jars at his feet, he shows up yes. in all of his goodness and his glory and his graciousness and his mercy. In every attribute, he shows up. And it at the atmosphere changes in the room. And it lingers. So if you have a blockage, let's get it, let's get that taken care of. It's easy. In a second, he can change that in you. You want to experience God? You want to hear the voice of Jesus? Do you want to actually see the face of Jesus? He literally showed up in the passenger seat of my car one day on Highway 36. I'm not making that up. I can't not 
have that experience. It changed me completely. And he only showed up to tell me he wanted to hang out with me. You better believe I broke some jars. I broke some jars. Let it all go. Just let it all go. The Spirit of the Lord is wanting to pour out an atmosphere in this place that is better, more magnificent than you've ever sensed in this room. I'm not talking about just today. I'm talking about forever. From now on. How would that change you? And you know that you know that you know I'm going to get to Impact Rock Church today because Jesus is, he's there. This atmosphere is so thick. All I have to do is walk in the room and I want to worship him. That's his heart. That, my friends, is the heart of Father God. It's changing now. Yes. Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. That the Spirit of the Lord is here. Sing that again. The atmosphere is changing. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Hello, Jesus. The evidence is all around. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to inhabit your love, your love surrounds us. Overflow, overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds us. We talk a lot about wanting breakthrough. And I'm just letting you know, like, one of the jars that we can all be breaking right now is that 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 90-minute comfort zone that we're used to. We come to church at 10, we're done by 11.30, and we're comfortable with that, and we like that. And, and, and the Lord's asking us right now to, to break that and to not be looking at our watch and to not 
let our minds be distracted by, well, when's it going to be over? How long are we going to be here? I'm telling you guys, in, in the breaking of these jars and following with what the Lord has spoken right now, we can expect breakthrough. We can expect breakthrough in our lives. We can expect breakthrough in, in our families, in, in, our, in this church. God is faithful, so don't grow weary. As a matter of fact, maybe for some of us, that's a jar we need to break. Lord, I, I break that comfortable church routine that I'm really comfortable with, but Lord, I break it for you and I stay in this place of worship and adoration. can happen now because the spirit of the Lord <laughs> is here the evidence is all around because the spirit of the Lord is here. A miracle can happen, yes. A miracle can happen now. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. But the Spirit
Yes to the miracle, yes to what you do. Yes. 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 We say yes. Come on, say it loud. We say yes. Yes, Lord. We say yes. Yes. We say yes. 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 Oh, we say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes. We say yes and amen. We say yes and amen. We say yes and amen. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high, valley low, I sing out. Remind my soul that I am yours. I am forever yours. Sing it out. Oh, love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free.
I keep hearing the Lord say, let me. Let me. I believe that, that this is a room full of people that are just in, in communication with the Lord right now. Lord, what are you doing, Lord? What do you desire of me, Lord? What's in the jar, Lord? What do you want me to do? And I just keep hearing the Lord reply with, let me listen to what the Lord wants to do in your life. And, and starting with those words, let me, let me heal you. Let me touch you. Let me show you. Let me amaze you. Let me comfort you. Let me use you. want to be obedient to uh, to the Lord and since he's here there's a miracle that wants to take place there are some few things and I believe I need to speak some of those things I don't if you've got it you claim it you keep it what's your name your name Kim that's the Kim. Kim. You see, I want you to close your eyes for, for a moment and just see yourself. And 
I want you to see the Lord's hand come underneath you. Pick you up. And he's taking you up high. He's taking you up to a place that's where you're looking down on everything and you see everything and all the things in life, everything just seems so small. You see that? Are you there? And I see the Lord dropping you. And he says, Kim, you can fly. You can fly. 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 All that stuff, been, you've been down on the bottom here, but fly. You can soar above it. Fly. He's giving you that place and wings as eagles to go up and fly. So soar with the eagles. Soar with the eagles. Soar above it and everything looks small. And it is small. Because in that high place, in his high place with him, is far above all the things on this earth. Soar. Fly. Kendo, Keisha, it's a new day. You ready for the new day? All right. So you're gonna go. You're gonna step into a new day, and you're gonna step away from the old day. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are made new. No more. Step into the new. And I want you to just close your eyes and take the faith step. Literally, take a step forward. I want you to literally take a step forward. Into it. One more step forward. Into it. One more step forward. You're stepping out of the old and into the new. Step forward. Out of the old, into the new. Out of the old and into the new. No word. Nothing. The enemy can use nothing against you. Nothing can be used against you. He made you new. You're stepping into it. And the Lord says, Acacia, keep taking a step. A step at a time. The last word was soar like eagles. But the Lord says, you're going to walk. You're going to walk right out of it into the new. Step at a time. A step at a time. A step at a time. Be patient. A step at a time. Don't get anxious. A step at a time. You're going to walk into the new. 
Everything that God had for you and promised you before is still there. A step at a time. A step at a time. Just remember, I just have to take a step. A step. A step at a time. I just heard the Lord say to tell you that you have not disqualified yourself. That's a strong word. And he said it sternly. You have not disqualified yourself. And I also saw every step you take. I saw you're tempted to turn around and look backwards. And he says, no, you're not going to walk backwards. And what has had a hold on you in your mind, what's had a hold on you in your soul, those things, the Lord says, the glory of the Lord goes before you and behind you. And those things don't get to come into the glory of God. He has qualified you. And he qualified you in your mother's womb. And you can't mess that up. Because it isn't about what you do. It's about how you love. And I know you. Okay, we had a soaring word, we had a walking word. Who wants to run? Who wants to run? Who said, no, I'm, I'm the runner? Who says, I'm the runner? The runner's ready to go on the race, ready to just give me, a, give me the sound of the gun to start. I'm ready to run. Who's that? Can't, I think it's more than one. Are you missing are you missing me here? You who's ready to run? Who I want to run? There's one. I'm ready to run. There's you, Anthony. All right. I thought it was you. <laughs> and up there? What's your name, young man? Dan? Jen, would you stand, Jen? Stand up. Ready to run. Anybody else want to join the runners? That means you're going to run and not be weary. You're going to run a race. There's a race. There's a race you got to run. But he didn't put you in the race to lose. He put you in the race to win. He made you a winner, a runner. You're not going to get weary. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be weary. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be weary. Run. Give me hand. Maybe you know what that race is all about. If you don't, ask him. Ask him. you run 
you might see others in front, don't be alarmed. Because when everyone gets weary, you won't. Run. Run. Run to the finish line and win. You're a winner. I want to tell you that again. You hear it in your heart, your spirit. You're a winner. You're a winner. Anthony, you're a winner. Run that race, buddy. It's been God. God's been waiting. And maybe you've been waiting for the sounding gun, but I want you to hear the sounding gun. I want you to hear that starting gun. Now. Now. Go. Go. Pursue. Pursue that finish line. Start running. Start doing the calling. Start walking in that. Start pursuing and developing the calling God put in your life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're not too old to run. You're not too old to run a new race. God has set you aside for a purpose. Open up your eyes. Allow, open up your spirit to Him and let Him put inside of you purposes, plans, things that are in front of you, new things that are in front of you, a new race that's in front of you. You're not going to get weary this time because it's not your race, it's His race. It's His strength. It's His ability. Hallelujah.